This is Hyperborean Radio coming at you straight out of the wasteland of modernity. There's good news on the horizon. The apocalypse is almost over. The wild times are coming. <laughs> so there's our fun intro for the day. Um, but yeah, if you couldn't tell by the title of the podcast, because that's what this one is for, is for Anchor, and is the exclusive to the podcast, um, today we're going to be discussing the sacrifice of strength. Um, and we're doing this because the World's Strongest Man contest uh, ended, what, last week, today, right? Yeah, about a week yeah, um, and we're still getting used to our new setup, so um, yeah, bear with us. Um, we're semi-professional here, only semi-professional. Uh, I was looking for a head nod. I got a verbal, <laughs> a verbal, which is uh, usually something that you want for radio. But I hope everybody's having a little bit of fun listening to us right now because, uh, yeah, if you're not, well, um, yeah, then you're not, I guess. It's better to have fun than not. But yeah, there is a massive sacrifice uh, that these guys put in. It's not just them, which is why we, we kind of want to herald this. Is it's, it's not just a strong man. It's their families. It's their friends. Everybody around them has to go all in on this so that they can participate at the levels that they participate at. And that's that's all all, all of these guys that's working their way into this sport i suppose you could call it because that's kind of what it is um but it's more of a celebration of strength of of what we can accomplish and while these guys are doing it in part i suppose for for recognition for fame um and in part for money because there is some money at play in the end there's not enough money there's not enough fame to really um makes sense for the amount of effort and that goes into it because even a second string football star is more famous than than these guys uh overall uh, most people's never heard of eddie hall huge name in world's strongest man um environment brian shaw um the the guy that won this year was it tom or luke tom, tom stoltman won this year and his brother luke two scotsman um there's Nick Best. I I don't even think he competed this year. But on top of that, a lot of these guys get injured as well. So, um, yeah, I guess we can start off with some of the injuries. Um, and we're talking about massive injuries because of the amount of effort that goes into this. And really, I just want to thank all the strongmen out there. Before we really get into this part of it, I really want to thank the strongmen that's out there. Even if they don't compete, they're just strong you know that guy that when you need to change a tire you call him over and rather than using a jack he just picks up the back into your car those guys because they they inspire and or they inspire especially our young males um to get stronger and they they make the impossible possible so Yes, if you're one of these, and we know that there's at least one guy out there that is training for um, for strongman that listens to us. So keep it up. And even if you don't, and it's, it's just the father, because I believe we know for a fact that's the father that listens, um, that listens to us, and the, the son is training, keep it up. It, it inspires everybody to achieve the impossible. And 
these strongmen, they couldn't do it without their family, without their friends. I mean, just the food alone for the energy cost. But, um, yeah, a lot of these guys, they get injured, and then they don't stop. They don't take six weeks off. They don't take 12 weeks off. They just keep going. And some of them even compete with injuries, which is what happened exactly this year. There was a couple guys that got injured, and they still competed. Well, and the most notable one was uh, Terry Hollins. He's a uh, veteran strongman. I think he's in his early 40s, 42. But he had an injury, uh, the same one that actually took Luke Richardson, who was uh, last year's uh, Britain's Strongest Man. Um, actually took him out of the running. The uh, I forget if it was like the carry melee, but it was basically they had to carry odd-shaped, really heavy objects and get them up on a table. Um not saying anything against Luke for leaving based on his injury was bad enough that there was bruising from the damage and I'm sure Terry Hollins had a bad injury too but he he actually kept competing in fact uh, there's video of him coming up to one of the photographers for the event and he's asking them to make sure they get a good photo of him while he's doing this deadlift because it's going to be his it's most likely going to be his last event ever at World's Strongest Man because he also proceeded to retire uh, from World's Strongest Man. we It's not clear if he's retiring from the sport entirely or if he's just decided he doesn't want to have a go at that specific competition. So he might show up at like Giants Medley or something like that as well. But it's these uh, these athletes, they, they put themselves in serious risk of serious injury. Um, I forget his name, uh, which irritates me, but there was one guy a few years ago and he actually did like a ludic just a magnificent event and he was like on a on a high because of how how impressive his event was. So he's basically getting the crowd hyped up like, Yeah, let's do this, let's do this, let's do more. And he um he tried to do an even heavier lift and he broke his leg. Like, the weight was so heavy, it just broke his leg, and he had to retire from Strongman. That was how bad the injury was. Like, they had to carry him away. Well, and people watch, like, the Atlas Stone lifts, which is, it's called the Atlas Stone, and it is it is shaped like a, a perfect sphere. But the lift, the way that's done is actually more in line with the the manhood stones that are all over Europe. So it's a series of stones that they lift and they put up on a pedestal. And there was a um, a guy, yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, to the best of my knowledge, it was a couple of years ago. And it, it rolled, he, he had a bad lift. He got it up on the pedestal. I believe it was his last stone. And it rolled off and fell on his leg and gave him what the, um, the medical profession um, calls a compound fracture. In layman's term, it shattered his lower leg. And to the best of my knowledge, he is back competing. They managed to, you know, glue it all back together. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, it's not just about how big the muscles are or how much you weigh. They have to train this to actually make the bones denser, like he was talking about with the guy. Broke his leg on a lift. Because gravity works, and then you add all that pressure on top of it. If the bones aren't strong enough to sustain the weight. I mean, there's a, another guy, he runs a gym. And uh, I can't remember what his name is, or the name of his company. But he runs a gym, and they, they sell like weight equipment stuff. And he's an old retired strongman. And 
he's old. He's in his 60s, I believe. Had both hips replaced. And he still does this kind of training for the bone density. Um, I honestly don't know which one that would be. Uh, I'll look it up. But the... Um, like you were bringing up the the manhood stones. And this is one thing that we've brought this up over and over again. Sort of a trio of values, which can be applied many different ways. But uh, strength, courage, and wisdom. These are three things that are really good to cultivate. Especially for men, one of the really... Strength is very big. It's big for women too, but for men... I mean, we had manhood stones for a reason. If you were really weak, like, could like if you could not, you know, unless you had like a severe medical condition, in which case you probably wouldn't have survived simply due to the harshness of uh, an older time period. Uh, you were expected to be at least some level of strong. You know, there there wasn't an allowance at being soft. There wasn't an allowance of being weak or incapable. And this is one of the reasons that we harp on this. this. Is one of the reasons that it's so good that there's there's these role models that can inspire the younger generation. Because I'm getting, I'm starting to train for this kind of stuff really late, actually. <laughs> um, because uh, Alexei Novikov, who won World Strongest Man last year, I think he was like 26. Uh, Tom Stoltman this year, I think he's either 26 or 27. They're younger than me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in my 30s yet, but I'm 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 not as young as these guys, and they are the strongest people on the planet. And they're just going to get stronger and stronger as bone and muscle density increases. Well, you didn't go over the injury list yet, I don't believe, but um, yeah, uh, things like torn torn biceps, torn lats, torn uh, quadriceps or hamstrings. These the injuries that these guys get. They aren't just oh he got a cramp so he's injured. No, they, no, they get actual injuries that require surgery to stick them back together because of the amount of effort that they put into these things. So I'm still looking up the name of of the older fella. Um, but yeah, if you want to go through that list um, of injuries just this year. Well, the first injury that happened, um, I don't know if this actually had anything to do with Nick Best not competing, but he had a lat injury uh, a few weeks back. He had surgery. Um, before the before World's Strongest Man even happened, you actually had um, Graham Hicks, who was a, a British rival of Eddie Hall for a little bit there. Uh, he had to withdraw because of a groin injury. Um... I just got reminded of in mythology how people uh, always try to say that like anything having to do with the thigh automatically means the groin, and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but uh, there was also we don't know the nature of Terry Holland's injury, only that it made him decide to withdraw not on the event that he was on, though he did say it was a serious injury. He still powered through. Um, we also don't know um, what caused Chris Vanderlind, who was actually Graham Hicks's alternate, to withdraw. He was just physically injured, um, bad enough that he had to withdraw, which anyone who's at World's Strongest Man I don't think would withdraw lightly, especially if they're um, 
they're an alternate because you weren't even supposed to compete. I mean, you trained like you wanted to, like you were going to, but there was no guarantee. And like uh, Bobby Thompson, who is uh, a bit of a rookie from Virginia, last year he was an alternate and he did fairly well. I don't know if he made the finals or not, but he did fairly well for an alternate. And then this year he got ninth place. And he actually withdrew uh, right before the final event. I don't know what that was. It's not even guaranteed that that was an injury. It might have been personal reasons. Uh, but there were just injuries left and right, and that's really not uncommon. I mean, they're they're lifting what most people assume you require, you know, a forklift to lift up. So, and this is just, the thing is, exercise and training for strength, you are purposely getting injured. That That's how muscle grows, is you damage it lightly enough that it can heal and still function, and then your muscle grows. You know, tear, grow, tear, grow. But you don't tear it bad enough that you don't have to work. Same with bones. You want those tiny micro fractures and they'll get denser and stronger. But you don't want, you know, a massive snap. And it's because if you can't do that, then you actually, you know, your arm is going to lose a lot of its muscle mass. Like I had my arm in a cast back in high school and, you know, I wasn't really moving it around very often. And when it came out, it was like two-thirds the size of my uh, other arm. And that was due to the cast. But it's one of those things where everything requires a sacrifice. And a lot of people will go one way or another. And, you know, it's like uh, CG used to sort of mock it a little bit with the whole shiny stones on duck anuses on the moonlight. Uh but it's a real thing. It's just, I don't think people fully understand quite the ways that it could. It's not, doesn't have to be apples. It doesn't have to be, you know, blood in a bowl. I've seen some people do that. I'm not a huge proponent of that or a small proponent or a proponent of that period. Uh, but um, these sacrifices, they are not minor. They are potentially life-threatening. And it reminds me of this scene from um, Robin of Sherwood which was a old 1980s, very pagan version of Robin Hood. And um, there's a line from Hearn the Hunter where, well, it's a line from Robin Hood and Hearn the Hunter, but Robin Hood go, uh, is talking to Hearn the Hunter and he's like, you're no god. And Hearn the Hunter turns and says, we could all be gods, all of us. And when Robin Hood asks, what do you want of me? Uh, Hearn turns and says, your life and your strength. It's not your death that he wants. It's your life. You dying at that very moment means nothing to Hearn, but devoting your life for a purpose, that means something. You have nothing to give if you die to give up your life. It's a silly thing, but the risk the strength involved. Right, and that that's what I've been trying to talk about is sacrifice. It's, it's the life part of it. Which is what these, these strong men are doing, whether they realize it or not. Some do and some don't. But they are dedicating their lives to a thing. to a It becomes a way of living, and that is the sacrifice. Many of them, they know that they're doing a sacrifice, but they don't understand just at exactly what level. They are putting everything on the line. And they're doing it without actual conscious thought. They aren't really expecting any any reward or accolade 
but they're still doing it. And um, the the old guy that that I was talking about, and, and you know what, you you could say, well, these guys make money. Most of them lose money on this. Uh, the weights cost money. The food costs money. They still have to pay. F- they they still have to have a roof over their head, clothes on their butt. So for most of these guys, it costs them money to do this, and they might maybe get reward out of it. But in the end, they're doing it because they love it. And that's where the actual sacrifice comes in. And the old guy that I was uh, talking about before, I've only just recently become aware of him, is uh, Dave Tate. I recognize the name, but I I don't know why. Um, but his his name is Dave Tate, and he runs Elite FTS. And that's, that's the gym and the uh, equipment that he sells. But yeah, he's an older dude. He still does all these... Uh, these power lifts and the the strongman training pretty much for his health actually because he's from what i understand listening to the little bit that i have seen of him he's had both hips replaced multiple surgeries he does he's getting older so he does it for the bone density as well as the um not just the, the strength to be able to move around but also the um the conditioning that comes with it and the uh a, yeah basically the ability to keep moving the the bone loss that comes with age and he's not really suffering from from that stuff and i'm sure it hurts when he gets up in the morning and takes him a little bit to get moving around but man these these retired some of these retired strongmen are just impressive it's like they most of them don't really stop every now and then you see one and you can tell that he stopped but most of these guys they're still they're still big and uh i could notice before uh you got the strongman who you can tell that he's a big guy, but then you have his friend who is like the mini boss in a video game. Looks small in comparison to the strongman. And then you see them next to a normal person. You're like, man, these guys are just massive. And it's not like they're all eight feet tall or whatever. But yeah, um, again, what kind of fame are these guys actually getting out of this? They're getting really localized fame. So I would argue fame isn't, on the ticket for them um because again some of the biggest names brian uh brian shaw eddie hall um luke and um tom stoltman i'm horrible with names but i'm struggling here but really the most famous strong man is half thor and is he strong uh is he famous actually for strong man no he's famous because he is on a tv show and again all these it's not just the sacrifice of these guys their families go in on it and just the sheer time just the time investment Uh, and once they actually start competing they're traveling so they're away many of them are away from their families because family can scrape together enough money for the guy himself to go compete but wife has to stay home or mom has to stay home the children have to stay home so they're actually away from the family while they're doing these things. And most of them, even then, the, the ones that do have money, they they made money not off from strongman, but off from their personalities. Like Brian Shaw, he's a great personality. He is, he's really friendly. He's genuine. He goes out of his way. Um, he, he recently um, did a meet and greet after the, the World's Strongest Man thing. And he was supposed to be wrapping it up by right around 5 p.m. And he stayed until 1130 at night meeting people so that 
they could so that they could um so that they could meet him because they showed up so they sacrificed they drove and he stayed hours after he was supposed to leave just so that they could get to meet him and um yeah um and one of his all these ums i gotta break myself of it but and the the video that he did that i watched uh he was discussing how some of these people got really emotional just meeting him really friendly guy so he deserves all the all the success that he has um almost and, and it's not just to the the physical sacrifices but the sacrifices to, to family and he he's he spends as much time as he can with his family uh, so much so that he built his own gym and fortunately he managed to get it together for him he managed to get together get together enough money that he managed to do his own gym he's also out of his own money he started um the shaw classic well and that's one of the one of the things that's actually really i really appreciate about strongmen and uh before i get back to that we're gonna go ahead and cut to commercial Well, I hope you enjoyed that commercial and we're back. So, one of the things that I truly enjoy about strongmen is actually the family aspect. A lot of these strongmen, they're family men, and, you know, they typically, even if they're not married, they typically have very good relationships with their, um, with their extended family. Like, the Stoltman brothers are brothers in and of themselves, they're married. But they're also really close to their sort of extended family. And there's a pride level uh, with uh, Tom Stoltman. Like when Tom Stoltman became the first Scot this year to win World's Strongest Men, there were uh, these drawings fittering about uh, from children. Because, uh, you know, like in grade school, they have write about something from the news. And there was a bunch of kids writing about how Tom Stoltman was the first person, uh, first Scotsman to win World's Strongest Man. And... I'm not a big proponent of trying to, you know, define someone by the by uh, some what most people would consider a flaw. But one of the big things that Tom Stoltman also has is that he's also autistic, and that's actually it's shown a lot of kids who are growing up in an environment where autism is uh, either either viewed as a superpower if you look at television, or as something completely debilitating. It's uh, it's showing that they can do more than that. Well, and another thing I really love about the um, about the strongman community is nobody treats him like he's special because he's got autism. They just don't. They're like, "Hey, how's it going?" Um, it's not like he's super autistic. He he's just on the spectrum and, and enough so that you can tell. But. They don't take it easy on him. No, 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 they don't. He has to actually go all out or fail because they won't take it easy on him. Like, oh, but he's got autism, so I'll go just a little slower. I'll I'll not lift quite as much. No, they, they don't care. And that is awesome. It is, it is just amazing that they show him that kind of respect because he earned it. And he had to earn it or just not get it. Well, Tom is a ridiculously talented strongman when it comes to his strength. Um, and 
when it comes to... I think that your family, as much as your family is uh, an interesting bunch, I actually had it right, because you were actually born blind and you had to have a bunch of surgeries. They would purposefully mess you up. Like, oh, he's used to the chair being here. Here's the chair is going to be in his path now. And you had to get really good at uh, maneuvering around furniture and being having very high levels of situational awareness because uh, your family didn't really function under the modern idea of oh but pity him they didn't do that they were like the world's never going to be kind to you our kindness is showing you how to be strong right and that that's exactly where i was going to go with it um and, and actually even i myself because uh, i still don't see very well i've had four eye surgeries and even I'll forget just how poorly I see because of how well I can get around in the world. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like, I don't need the, the tappy cane because my eyes do work. But people that know me will forget that I don't see very well because I, I see moving things really easy. I can see a car coming at me down the road. To me, the world looks normal. And then they'll, then somebody inevitably will say, you see that billboard over there? And I'm like, what billboard? And they'll be pointing right at it. So I follow their finger and I really cannot see a billboard. It's just not there until I'm almost on top of it. And then, oh, it's like it just pops out of the ether. Or can you read this for me? And I'll pick it up and I can't even see letters on it at all. So, yeah, people forget. And um, the lore keeper does it to me all the time oh i put it in the fridge uh where i can't i have i can see stuff in there but to find a specific thing it either has to be in a specific spot or i have to actually itemize everything in the refrigerator to find something like for real all you have to do to hide something from me is move it about six inches yes so you're basically blind as a bat no, I see very well. Well, bats see very well, too. They just have to use some extra uh, tricks to keep it up. Uh, but it's one of those things that I actually think... Because, yes, to a certain extent, like someone who has a wheelchair, for instance, saying, oh, just learn how to get it up the steps. That might be a step too far. I think they no, could... I I've think seen people do that. I think they could do it. But, uh, but um, I understand why the ramp's there. But it's... And I'm not, I can't speak from personal experience. CG can. Uh, but trying to make things easier, it just isolates them and it causes people to feel like they're not good enough. By challenging them, they overcome. It's like, would you rather just be a blind, helpless man or would you rather be Daredevil? Uh, I, personally, I, I, I know which I'd rather be. Right, and while I'm not in a wheelchair, I have known people that are in wheelchairs. And the ones that I know that I'll actually associate with have a tendency not to feel sorry for themselves. And actually, they complain about those ramps. They're like, the stairs. I'd rather use the stairs. It's easier than that long, long ramp. They're like, I get so tired going up the ramp, but the stairs, I go... I, just turn around backwards and back up a couple of the steps and I rest for a second. And then I back up a couple of the steps and I rest for a second. And I've, I've been in the chair so long I can balance it. Like 
the the people that I know they can actually do tricks in their wheelchairs. Don't don't need a skateboard. They they get the thing just going and like start hopping on one wheel. Ugh, yeah, the guys that that I associate with they never feel sorry for themselves. Um, I knew a guy that was missing both legs from the knees down. He did have those prosthetic legs, uh, which he used very rarely, only if he knew that he was going to have to reach up high. But even then, most time he'd just climb. And he did have a wheelchair, although the wheelchair was um, it, mostly he used it for because he had a, a desk job. So he'd mostly use it as an office chair is just quicker and easier for him. So he used the wheelchair for that. Other than that, the rest of his life, um, because he hated the prosthetic legs, he ended up designing himself a couple caps. And I thought he was, when I first met him, I didn't realize that there's anything wrong with him because he's just kind of toddling around. I thought, he was, I thought he was just really, really short. So I thought he was a midget. And then I, I'm looking at him. I'm like, huh. You're missing the bottom part of your legs. I knew something was off. <laughs> and that's actually how we became friends for a while. And I'm like, huh, you're missing the bottom part of your legs. <laughs> I'm a dick, but it's it's um, it, it's also, I guess, a great icebreaker. <laughs> but yeah, the, he, he, was, uh, he was actually kind of an amazing guy. He showed me how the, the whole workup... Uh, we was at a store, uh, me and the Lord Keeper, we was at a store, and I saw a guy with a robotic leg. Me being me, I have absolutely zero tact, and I do have a filter, but it has huge holes in it. So what is it that I do? Hey, 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 hello, hello, can you tell me about your leg? And the guy, uh, at first, he's kind of weirded out, but then took him, what, 30 seconds or so for him to realize I wasn't trying to scam him or anything because, you know, random guy in a parking lot that you don't know. <laughs> and we stood there for, what, about 15 minutes talking about robotic legs? Yes, yes. And I, I, I believed you when you told me you did stuff like that, but until I saw it up front, I didn't realize you were just like, oh, hey, guy with half a leg, I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> You're kind of, you remind me kind of of like that, uh, when you get like that, you get it's that level of excitement. It reminds me of like, uh, you know, like the grade schooler that is that's mildly obsessed with like morbid curiosities. Like they'll have like Ripley's Believe It or Not and like look up the people with like most misshapen head. <laughs> yeah, not like that, but yeah, I do get that childish excitement. Mm. Yeah, you you kind you 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 like it. You you like the stories that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I'll, I would probably bring up in another. Uh, podcast, but I, I want to bring it up is, and this is a good idea. I don't like how they're using it, but it's a good idea, which is uh, libraries where you check out people. You know, that doesn't mean you own them for a week, uh, but it means that you, you take them out and you usually pick out a couple of chairs and you basically talk to them for a while. You're basically running a conversation with someone and talking about life, philosophy, and in many ways, it's like a pseudo callback to um, oral tradition. Oral tradition uh, druids, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I wouldn't call, you know, the the guy that survived cancer that they might have at these things a druid, but... It is an oral tradition. It's this... Yeah, it is, and it's... We've lost the ability to talk to people, and I think, again, it's... It's not just the physical strength that we're focusing on today. It's also that emotional and mental and 
the strength of the bond between people. And I think that's one of the reasons that people get very drawn to strongman is because I've seen them where they try to do like the, the WWE, I'm going to just wreck these people. And they just stop after a while. They either stop the sport because it doesn't work for them there, or they stop doing that because they realize they don't have to, that it doesn't, it doesn't matter here. They can actually just be themselves. They don't have to put on, you know, macho man, Randy Savage, a sort of persona. Right, and that's part of what attracts uh, attracts me to the sport. And there's more than just world's strongest man, by the way. There's Britain's strongest man, America's strongest man, Canada's strongest man, Europe's strongest man, uh, Germany's blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. There are many of these things, but there's there's a sense of camaraderie with these guys and legitimate concern. And the 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 realist view of it basically is the assholes never rise to the top they, they just don't because everybody begins shunning them no I don't want to be around you because you're a jerk and there's a couple young guys that that learn that and fortunately they realized what was going on that they was being assholes and they stopped and now they're starting to you know interact with the other guys a little bit more realize yes you can be friend uh, friend friends or friendly and still seriously compete with each other you don't have to let the other guy win you don't have to dislike your opponent to beat them in a competition and it doesn't matter what the competition is i mean how many times have you played cards with um with your your friends or it doesn't matter what the game is but a video game a card game a board game and you're playing it with somebody that you actually like and you don't take it easy on them, and you just stomp them if you can. And then you're like, yeah, I won. You don't have to hate them to beat them. And same thing is true, like a lot of people think fighters, for instance. Oh, all the fighters. That's all show. That's almost all show. The ones that where it's legit, usually they don't last. They end up getting hurt because while they're fighting in the ring and they're fighting to win, they're not fighting to actually injure each other but if you legitimate if people legitimately don't like a guy they're going to stop pulling that punch um if it's if it's mma they're going to accidentally take the the lock just a little bit too far and separate the knee or separate the shoulder um separate the hip they're going to actually start causing injuries to the guy just because he's a jerk so there's a lot of camaraderie and with the the strongman it is right out there on full display. There is no cover-up show of, oh, I'm going to punch you in the nose and your mama smells like poop. There's none of that with the the strong man. It's just there's a strong camaraderie there and and respect between the between the competitors, and it is definitely worth noting. And I understand not everybody's going to like the strong man topic. But this has actually been a thing with our people for millennia. Well, and on a completely... Uh, it's the same sort of thematic uh, sense of what we're talking about with Strongman. Um, b- but it's um, it's on a completely different uh, sort of... It's a completely different game, I guess. A completely different kind of competition. But there has been this drastic increase in the popularity of a certain British show 
And it's not Doctor Who that's been going in the tank ever since they screwed it up. Uh, but it's The Great British Bake Off, I think is what it's called. But the reason that it is popular is that unlike every other cooking show, where it is like, I am going to cut that motherfucker for daring to make a pea puree the same day I make mine. You know, this this sort of ridiculous competitive nature, it's the exact opposite. You know, nobody wants to lose. Everybody wants to win. And yes, of course, it's way more reality TV than The Strongman is. And The Strongman still has that element of reality TV that all sports do. But I don't... While our people do love competition and we do love drama, because anyone who's, you know, been in an area with really, really low levels of drama, what ends up happening is uh, someone will start something, even if it's over something nonsensical like a gravy boat. But with uh, the Great British Bake Off, similar to the Strongman, there is a sense of camaraderie, there's a sense of Excellence for excellence sake. You want to show just what you're capable of when you bake bread. And this is, while it is not a all female or all male version of this event, uh, just like I think there's still technically female strongman competitions. I just think they're fairly rare in comparison to the male. But it's the closest thing I can think of that's common in pop culture. Uh, or just modern culture that would be equatable to that sort of the feminine version of this because most strong like when you go to like the Highland Games or the State Fair or something like that the strongman events are just that they're mostly men just like there might be one or two guys that are entering the pie bake off but it's mostly the realm of the women trying to show each other up and I think that's something that is very appealing. It's the community aspect, the genuineness, and the excellence for excellence sake. Right. Well, and when we come back, I really want to talk about the history and not just of the, the modern strongman competitions, but the history reaching far, far back. So we're going to be stopping here in just a moment um, for an, our last commercial break. But before we do, I want to thank everybody that listens to the podcast. And I encourage you to go listen to our more friendly, our family-friendly version on YouTube. Um, because it really does help share us around, etc., etc. And I, I want to thank everybody that has supported us again. Um, thank everybody that supported us over the last year. And especially the King of Welshland for buying us the camera that we've been taking some of these pictures with that we've been sharing on our Telegram. So make sure to check that out as well. Our Telegram, we, we post lore and uh, actually a wide variety of things. So on that note, we're going to pause now for our commercial break, and we'll be right back. So, yeah, the history of strongman it goes back to ancient times and one of the the clear indicators of this is the manhood stones what is a manhood stone you might ask no it is not a giant penis made out of stone what a manhood stone is it's random rock you must be able to lift this rock to be considered a man 
typically from their best guess, although from practic practicality, because this is still done today in, in rural areas. Like, you're not a man if you can't lift up. Usually it's a stone. And it's just literally you have to be able to stand all the way up with it. And if you can walk with it, even better. But if you look up the, the history of it in official sources, in the academic regions, the scholarly they will describe that what they had to do was pick it up and put it on a post, which did happen in some areas. But I just mentioned prior because it's not 100%. And it's not 100% of everything everywhere. But they would have the minimal stone, which usually um, comes in a little over 100 pounds. And then there's a whole set of stones all the way up to nobody has ever lifted this. But usually the, the most common ones that are lifted range from a, a little over 100 pounds to 400 pounds. And 100 pounds doesn't sound that hard to lift until you realize this is an irregularly shaped object that does not have handles on it. So granted, the bigger, stronger guys, they pick it up and throw it or, or definitely walk with it. So then what do you do? You get a bigger stone. And who can lift this? And it becomes actually a competition of who can lift up the biggest, heaviest thing. And in, a, in addition to these manhood stones, usually there's a smaller stone off on the side. Typically the way to be about 30 pounds, which they suspect is the, the, um, the, the, the predecessor, I guess, to the shot put. Because it, it, you, the boys want to hang out with the guys. But there is actually a limit on how young they can be and still participate on, on things with the guys so it's not that they wouldn't be there they just wouldn't be doing the guy things with the guys because if you're doing big heavy things you have to have at least so much strength well the smaller stone like i said usually comes in around 30 pounds so you're building the guys are building the house kid uh, little boys like i want to help build the house if you can pick up that stone, you can then help us build the house because then he's the guys know that he's strong enough to carry tools. He's strong enough to carry uh, timbers or lift up timbers or at least help in some meaningful way. It, until you can pick that up, you go play. You go, go over there and play. Stay where we can see you. But yeah, you play. You're you're a child. You as soon as he can pick that up, hey, you're one of the guys. Then inevitably, a lot of these young young guys get a little full of themselves. So then, what is the easiest way for the adult men to put the boy in his place? The stone that he can pick up, they pick it up and they throw it. And then, again, that turns into a game. Oh, you think that you're big because you can throw that stone. You throw it that far. I can throw it further than you. And voila, shot put is invented. Well, and when you were describing the size of the stones, you said nobody has lifted this one. Mm -hmm. I would add one word to that yet. yet because everybody wants to be the first one to lift the biggest stone. And then when that stone's eventually lifted, you just go get a bigger one. And it's, it's that hold my beer moment that our, our people are rather famous for. Oh, hey, you don't think we can fly? Hold my beer. Oh, hey, you don't think we can travel like a fish under the sea? Hold my beer. Oh, you don't think we can build a giant freaking tower? Hold my beer. Oh, you don't think I can beat up a hundred men? Hold my beer. 
it's a whole thing. It's and it's one of the things I love about our people is just our general. Oh, you think that can't be done? I'll prove you wrong. And it's something that I it ties even into our myths because there's whole stories of people doing what most people think are impossible. You know, climbing the mountain, uh, getting the hidden object that's guarded by the troll or the deity or etc etc and a lot of these strongman events they tie into gods like the manhood stones eventually became the atlas stones which are named after atlas holding the celestial sphere which is often depicted as him holding the world up the globe but back then they wouldn't have represented the planet as a globe so it's it's a whole thing but you also have Hercules, you also have Thor, and as I brought it up in uh, the other one, Thor, he has a belt, he has gloves, um, he even has a strongman event named after him, uh, well, the hammer hold, or the Thor's hammer, and it's, it, I mean, I brought it up, it's the gloves and the belt, just like with a lot of strongmen, they have the gloves for grip and the belt to brace their back, like European clothing belts used to be a lot bigger and for those of you who do strongman events who are interested in ethnic ways there's a ton of heroes there's a ton of deities that are associated with strength use their stories and those of just our ancestors you know donald dinney william bankner and or uh, sandow who was kind of the the originator of like the whole mustache Circus Strongman, I think, is what a lot of people had. And it's all these things, both the history and the myth and the heroes and the deities and all of that there. And then the people alive today that are pushing us all forward. Because why? Excellence and because they want to. They want to. There is something driving them. It's like... I, I've talked to CG about this. I cannot understand people being obsessed with rocks. I know geologists... I've met geologists uh, that are just obsessed with rocks. Um, to me, it's a completely foreign concept. Right, and again, speaking of rocks, I recommend anybody in Scotland, England, maybe even Ireland if you can make it, um, become aware of the Denny Stones if you aren't already. Get our names in that record book because there's there's you go into a record book simply for being able to pick it up brian shaw an american by the way took the record for the distance carry um work on taking that record back that's that's my suggestion my friendly suggestion to our european listeners work on getting that record back from the american that went over there and took the record for carrying them the furthest one of the, and they're not even equally weighted stones, which is part of what makes it so impressive. One one stone, 300 and something pounds, and the other one is 400 and something pounds. I believe the, the estimated total weight is 766 pounds between these two stones. And each one is connected, or they have, each one has a short chain and a ring that is used to lift this up. And it is actually a legitimate official record, historical record book that they use. And yeah, you get to sign it. Your name goes in it. The date that your lift was done or your carry was done if you managed to break the record. So 
for the people on these uh, on the islands over there. Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of proud that an American did it, and really, I think he could have carried it the full width of the bridge, because that's that's what it is. It's not just lift it, but it's well, you get in the book simply for lifting them because it's ridiculous weights, it, and carry it across this bridge. I forget how wide the bridge is, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Brian Shaw could have done it. And uh, uh, you can actually witness it. It was a History Channel show. Uh, World's Strongest Men, I think, is what it was. What what was it called? Uh, it was called The Strongest Man in History. Ah, The Strongest strongest Man in History. And you can watch it on there. It was in uh, 2019, and you can actually catch... Uh, you can type that into YouTube and, and find it. Or... Uh, go online i'm sure the history channel you could probably go to them and actually look it up but yeah there's is a show from 2019 i believe and brian shaw if you watch him i think the only reason i set it down is because his whole goal was to beat the other strongmen he did so he stopped i think he had enough in him to actually cross that bridge with it now and that's part of the the legend that's why it's called the the denny stones is according to legend um, I forget what the guy's first name was, but Denny apparently picked these stones up and carried it across the width of the bridge. They didn't think it was possible, but then they he almost did it, and I think he could have done it. I think so, too, and I think the bridge was 12 to 14 feet across. Um, and... This whole conversation, the strength and sacrifice, it reminds me of uh, two scenes from films, and they don't actually have anything to do, per se, with strength. Um, the first is a rather terrible movie. There's a scene in Suicide Squad where uh, Harley Quinn is actually effectively being made into Harley Quinn. And uh, the Joker is talking to her, and he's like, Would you die for me? And then he's like, No. Would you live for me? But... Because he understands that in the right amount of insanity or mania or desperation or devotion or whatever, death is a fairly easy commitment, especially if you don't have to be the one to end it. But to live, to do the, the heartache, the pain, the joys, the sorrows, the loves, the losses of the rest of your life with a level of devotion, that is sacrifice. It doesn't make any sense to view sacrifice in a way where it's just lights out it's relatively silly and an example of this i guess you could say would be um in another film uh conan the barbarian which actually the wheel the wheel of pain or the the conan wheel that is another strongman event this time based off a fully fictional character Though there is a hero from Irish legend called Conan. He's actually mostly played up for laughs. There's a freaking legend where he gets really thick back hair. Um, but in that story, there's the the scene with the Riddle of Steel. Where, uh, oh, fuck, I, for, uh, I forget the villain's name in the film. But he's talking about the, the Riddle of Steel. And he's talking about how flesh is stronger than steel. And he has one of his... Um, acolytes basically walk off the cliff and plunge to her death by choice now that is a show of his power but her sacrifice means nothing other than to 
illustrate just how strong his hold over their will is. And it's these contrasts, the would you live for me versus would you die for me? And what that level of sacrifice is and what the impact of such an action is. Right, and I've, I've been toying with how to describe this. Um, but you, even your anguish, don't um, despise your anguish or your pain. Because should you lose that, you lose who you are. You, All this heartache, all this pain that you've endured through your life, if you was to lose that, you would also lose all the good things that are attached to that. Somebody died to lose the pain of their loss. You would have had to have never known them. So you'd have to forget them and forget everything about them that caused who you are. So you lose yourself. Um, the experience, like the time that I broke my arm and it hurt so bad. Well, you learned something, you grew from it, you got stronger from it. Even if you don't realize it, it still happened. Um, through that broken arm, um, fa familial bonds was created. So somebody somebody might have, or broken. An experience happened. And all these experiences lead to who you are now. So your your pain... In your anguish is actually something to cherish. That doesn't mean wallow in it. That just means understand how important it is because without that, you would not be who you are. You would not be sitting here listening to us. You would not be fighting for your people. Um, you wouldn't love your family the way that you do. You wouldn't love your friends the way that you do without that. And really, that's that's kind of the point with why we wanted to highlight the world's strongest man aspect is because there is a lot of pain there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that the willingness to basically give up everything to inspire greatness to make the impossible possible and that's one of the most important things in the world to me so yeah yeah pretty much that's where it's at Well, and I think I'll finish with a couple of thoughts. The first is, everyone's heard of post-traumatic stress, but a very few of us have heard of the term, I believe it's called post-traumatic growth. When something bad happens, it does not automatically mean that you will become worse for the wear. There's a reason the term, uh, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger, exists. It's because if you can overcome every bit of pain you experience, every mistake you make, everything leads up to getting better and better. Getting cut by a kitchen knife, you learn not to do that again. Uh, when you're drawing, you draw a lot of really bad pictures so you'll learn not to do that again. When you break a bone, your bone mends stronger. And I think that is something that we've we've lost in many ways as a culture and we can easily get it back we just have to decide that we want it back which is the idea of we are not defined by our tragedies we are defined by our glories our tragedies in many ways are the parts of our lives that allow us to truly strive for glory 
uh, had the tragedy of his, the death of his family not happened, Heracles never would have never would have done his twelve labors. If Thor's wife's hair had never been cut, he never would have gotten Mjolnir. And on and on and on. To a certain extent, you do need to suffer in life. But that's not a bad thing. It can be a good thing. And while it is painful in the moment, how strong can you be if you decide that decide that you want to be better? You want to be stronger. You want to use it as a motivator. You know, it's like that old saying, uh, there's two brothers. Both of them grew up under an alcoholic father. One never touched a drop, the other became an alcoholic. When both were asked, why do you do what you do? They both answered the same way. My father was an alcoholic. How could I be anything else? And it's all mindset. Be great. All right, yeah, so um, again, I'm just gonna thank everybody that's been listening and supporting us. Uh, you guys are great, man. It, it helps keep us moving. Um, through some of the donations, we've managed to get a, a little bit of gear. Like um, what we've added to our microphone to help with the sound a little bit. Um, we we got the screens and the poof balls and the, the arm and all this. We're hoping to get another mic to make the show even better. Um, that's part of why it is. It sounds the way that it does is because we're swinging. We have one mic, one arm, and we're swinging it back and forth. We're sharing it because we, we're sharers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, together we can make things happen. We can make this show great. We can, we can actually change the world, which is pretty much our goal is to bring to, to highlight our customs, our, our, our culture, our histories, the potential for the future to bring our people together and, Together we can change the world. That's really the way that it is. And we also have, um, hopefully, um, some more new stuff coming out. Somebody, we're, we're playing with it, and it'll be applicable, I guess, to the YouTube, which is some video ideas. We, thanks to um, listeners, subscribers, we've managed to get a camera it's just small right now but we we will grow and we will grow together so on that note man even just to where we are currently we have accomplished the impossible so i encourage everybody out there to inspire everyone in your life that matters to you to accomplish the impossible and the best way to do that is by accomplishing the impossible yourself so I'm going to steal the ending from one of my favorite strongmen who has, I don't, uh, he's set records, but I don't think he's actually won anything, but Robert Oberst, he seems like a really great guy. Um, from everything that I can tell, he's rough around the edges, much like myself. He, he has a filter, but it's, it's got big holes in it and he's, he's pretty audacious, but, uh, in the, the immortal words of Robert Oberst, stay strong and stay pretty. Oh, thank you.